0: Good morning to everyone. Uh, I heard today uh, we have typhoon, right? Uh, Is that something to praise God for? (laughs) Yeah, we still praise God that we are still safe here, right? And and we can can always find something uh, to praise God for despite uh, the the bad weather outside. So why don't we come to the Lord in prayer and, and prepare our hearts to listen to His Word. Father, we wanted to thank you for another opportunity to worship. We thank you because you are our God and that even though we are unworthy to come before you, you allow us the opportunity to worship you today. We ask for your grace. We ask for your work in our lives so that our lives may be transformed and we would become more and more like your son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. We are thankful that uh, to hear uh, the music being sung by uh, the ch- I, I, I believe that is the children's choir, no? Uh, the, the children's choir, and, and I think music has always been part of our life and and worship. But maybe if you're like me, uh, you may have ears that are sharp enough to be able to distinguish tunes. But uh, let's just say with vocal chords that are not so much cooperative. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. But nonetheless, we, we appreciate music and, and I believe we, we all love to listen to, uh, to, to music, to different types of music. We cannot discount the fact that music makes us feel something, right? So for example, if you are listening to instrumental music, uh, let's say mga, a, acoustic type of music, and it can be so relaxing. So if you are tired, for, for instance, you may be you may want to listen to instrumental music to be, uh, to feel relaxed. You know? Or if you are uh, an, an athlete or, or, or uh, you like sports, some athletes would like to listen to uh, young music that are fast uh, and they do that in, in order to you know pump up their energy. And as they work out, they, they would listen to fast music in order to uh, some, somehow boost their their, their, uh, their energy. Now, We cannot discount the fact that uh, music makes us feel something. But you know, uh, there's another aspect about songs and music that are, I think, very important also that we we should not uh, forget. And I think uh, the most important thing about songs and music is not so much how it is sung or or what's the tune of the song, but I think the most important thing about songs is what is its message? What is it telling us? Right? So uh, I, I was uh, talking with uh, Reverend uh, Brian. Bra- Brian, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I, 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 automatically, uh, all of a sudden, I forgot that the, pastor, uh, earlier, and and he he told me that uh, uh, for for this month you are reading or, or you're uh, looking at the Book of Psalms. And and perhaps in your devotion also, you're uh, reading the book of Psalms. And maybe one of the things that you notice is that aside from the Psalm number on top of that Psalm, in in many of those Psalms, there is a, a, what we call a superscription uh, in, in the Psalms that tells us something more about those Psalms. Maybe it tells us who wrote the Psalm, so we read something like a Psalm of David us that it was David who wrote the psalm. Or, or sometimes it, it will tell us when David wrote that psalm. Uh, what, what is the occasion? What was he going through at that time when, when he wrote the psalm? Or sometimes we read information like uh, uh, with strength instruments. So, uh, it, it tells us some additional information, you know, and, and that when this psalm is used maybe for worship, in a, in a worship context, it allows us to uh, give, g- give us a picture of how it is used or, or what kind of instruments are used when, whenever this psalm uh, was sang. But sometimes there are also uh, information about the tune of the psalm. Like, for example, can, can we look at the next slide, please? So, for example, if you're reading... Say for instance, Psalm 22, uh, it, it would say something like to the choir director or to the director of music, according to the tune of, or according to the dough of the dawn, or if you're reading Psalms uh, 45, 68, uh, 69, and 80s, according to lilies, uh, that, that's what we read in the, in, uh, in the superscription. Or if you read Psalm 56, the dove on far off Terebinz. Or, or if you read Psalms 57 to 59 and Psalm 75, you read something like, according to, do not destroy. And, and we are being told how these Psalms are, are sung. What is the tune of this Psalm? But let, let me ask you one question. How many of you know how to sing the song, do not destroy? <laughs> how many of you know the song, uh, the dove on far off Terebin? Uh, how, how what, what's the tune of that song? Do you know or, or do you do you know the, the the tune of the song Lilis? I I I we don't have the slightest idea what, what the tune of those so, uh, songs are, are. Well, but it doesn't keep us from reading those psalms and understanding what the psalm is saying and how, how it uh, the, the psalm can speak to us and how uh, the the Lord is working in the lives of his people and, and I think that's the most important thing right and, and so that's something that we can also say about uh, the the, the psalm that we would be looking at. We may not know exactly how this psalm was used during uh, their their time. What is the historical background of this psalm? Uh, Who wrote this psalm? We don't even uh, have those information. But I think the most important thing is, for, for us to know is, what is the psalm saying? And what does it say about God? And how can we live out the principles that we see from this Psalm and I think that's the most important thing. Another important thing about uh, Psalms and the Psalms is that um, they usually talk about real life experiences. uh, In most cases, we, we are able to relate to the experiences of those who wrote that Psalm whether they are talking about uh, their, their experiences of uh, pain or joy in life, whenever we read uh, Psalms of uh, maybe lament or, or, or a joyful Psalm, and somehow we, we, we read the experiences of those uh, songwriters and we say, hey, uh, at some point in my life, I experienced similar or, or comparable thing. Or, or when they experience victories or, or they share their struggles in life, somehow we are able to relate and we say, uh, ano yung expression nila? Same. When, 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 we say, when, when they, they uh, uh, talk about the uh, pains that they experience in life, and we say, oh, yeah, uh, we, we experience the same, uh, the same thing. Most importantly, we see how the Lord worked in the life of the psalmist. And, and that somehow creates expectation in us. Why? Because... As we read how the Lord worked in their lives, we are able to say, hey, the God who works in the life of this psalmist is the same God who is able to work in my life, and therefore that elicits faith. If God is able to work in His life, therefore He is able to work in my life as well. And so somehow that that would create some expectation in us that, yeah, God can work in my life. I can trust in Him. Well I, I can trust in him, because the same God who works in the life of this person is also the same God that I worship. Well, in fact, that's the same principle when, uh, that, that Paul used when, when, he, uh, when, when he wrote his letters, you know, especially when he talks about the resurrection of Christ. but when, when he said to, uh, to, to the believers you know, and that, that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, is the same power that is available for, for the believers. And therefore, uh, because of that, we will be able to trust in God. And, and so, the same thing, the same God who works in the lives of the Psalmist is the same God that we worship, and therefore, that creates expectations in us, and therefore, we can trust in this God. Now, as we read uh, Psalm 113, there are a few questions that uh, I, I think Answers to which are are given to us in this psalm. First of all, it tells us who should praise God. Who praises God? Second question, when are we to praise God? And the third question is, why we should praise God? And and so let's look at the first one. Uh, Let's look at the the, the first question of who praises God. Now, there is one thing uh, I think you, you should know about the psalms. If you wanted to understand what that Psalm is, uh, is about, maybe the first thing that you need to do is to read the first verse and then read the last verse. If you see some connection between those two verses, somehow you would be able to get an, a, a general idea of what the Psalm is about already. Because many of the Psalms in, in, in the Bible, you know, maybe not all of them, but many of those Psalms Somehow you can see some connection between the first verse and the last verse. And, and that would already give you an idea what the Psalm is about. Let, let, let me give you an example. Psalm number eight, for example, begins with that expression that says, O Lord, our, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And it closes the Psalm with exactly the same expression that says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Perhaps with because of our familiarity with uh, with uh, Hebrews, chapter two. Maybe you have read Hebrews chapter two, uh, verse six, and it quotes from uh, Psalm eight verse four that says, "What is man that you are mindful of him?" Somehow, because of that, maybe we get the impression that this psalm is about you know the glory of human beings and say, "Wow, ah, uh, human beings are glorious uh, creations of God," and therefore you know we are we are on top of the uh, of, the, uh, of the list of all of God's creation. We are, uh, that, that may be, there may be some truth in that uh, w- w- when we compare ourselves with uh, the other creatures, for example, maybe uh, we, we, we can say that humans are special. But this Psalm is not about us. <laughs> this Psalm is about God. It's about the majesty of God that, that, that talks about God's uh, majesty. That is why it begins with the, this statement. Uh, can we go back uh, to the, the slide that says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is Your name, that it is the majesty of, that, that despite of God's majesty, that somehow he, he, he still took time. God is a majestic God, and He still took time and, and, and took care for us. That is why uh, the, the, the verse says, you know, what is mad that you're mindful of Him? That, you know, we are insignificant, that despite God's glory, despite God's majesty, he still cares for us. He still looks at us. He still wanted to be, be, be ha- have that connection uh, with us. You look at the first verse. You look at the last verse, and somehow you get, get 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 a clear picture of what the psalm is about. The same thing can be said with Psalm 113, the psalm that we would be looking at today. The psalm begins with the statement, "Praise the Lord! Praise, O servants of the Lord! Praise!" the name of the Lord, and then he closes in verse 9, he gives the barren woman a home, making her joy, the joyous mother of children. And then he closes with a very, uh, the exact same uh, sentence that he, he began this Psalm with, praise the Lord. So uh, sometimes the teacher in me you know, would like to ask for a recitation. Uh, you have to pardon me for that. Uh, you read the first verse that says, praise the Lord. And the very end of the psalm that says, praise the Lord. If I'm going to ask you what this psalm is all about, what is it about? It's about praising the Lord. <laughs> it's, it's about uh, 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 the God who deserves our praise, and therefore it is a command for us that as we read this psalm, somehow it is an invitation, a command for us to, to, to pause and think, why should I praise the Lord? This is what God wants us to do. But the thing is, why should I uh, uh, pray, praise the Lord? And of course, it, it also specifies who is going to praise the Lord. He said, praise O servants of the Lord. Everyone who acknowledges God as their God should do this. We need to praise Him. You know, to, today, especially among, among Christians, you know, uh, we, we often use the expression, praise the Lord, sometimes very casually. I, I don't know if you would agree with that. Um, one of the members of our family, uh, let, let's say, has, uh, has an achievement. Um, let's say your daughter found a, a job. We say, oh, praise the Lord. Um, your father had an, a, a successful operation. We praise the Lord. And, and everything, we, 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 we in, include that expression. Praise the Lord. And to the point that sometimes we say, praise the Lord without thinking anymore. Would you agree? Sometimes we, we, we use that expression just like a, 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 a filler in a, in a sentence that whenever we, we talk with someone and we don't know what to say anymore and we are very uncomfortable with silence and then we say, oh yeah, talk, talk, talk. And then we, there's this uh, a few seconds of silence and we don't know what to say. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and, and, and that becomes a, a, a casual e- expression that we don't even think about. Uh, 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 what, what's the implication of, of that? Now, uh, he, he, here's something that we need to understand about that expression. We sometimes use the Hebrew expression, hallelujah, right? Well, one thing we need to understand about this expression is that it is not a, an ordinary sentence. It is an imperative. If, you, if, you're, if you're going to be a bit technical in, in, in the, the grammar, it's an imperative because the expression hallelujah is a command. It's a second person imperative, as, as grammarians would say. It's, it's, it's an address to, to a crowd, to, to, to the congregation. Hey, you, you praise. And Yah means a shortened form of Yahweh. You praise the Lord. So, in other words, it, it's a command. And and that is why whenever we read it from the the, the psalm, the psalm is the one who whoever wrote this psalm somehow acts like a a worship leader. And when he says to the congregation, hey, praise the Lord, it it somehow signals to the congregation that this this is the time. This is the time for you to praise the Lord. And and so what do we need to do whenever we read psalms like this? We need to pause and, and somehow reflect and say, hey, I'm be, being given a command here. I am being given an instruction to praise the Lord. What am I going to do? I need to pause and I need to think, why am I to praise the Lord? Is there any reason for me to, to praise God? And therefore, reflect on what, what God has been doing in our life and do exactly uh, that. Praise the Lord for, for what, what He has been doing in our life. You see, it's interesting sometimes and you know, whenever, whenever we... Um, even in worship services, sometimes when, when, when the worship leader, for example, says, Praise the Lord! And the, the, the congregation responded by, by saying, What? Praise the Lord! <laughs> they just give the command one to another, and in the end, who praises the, praises the Lord? <laughs> no one. <laughs> it's just like, you know, in a situation when, when the husband, for example, came home, came home and the wife would say, Hey, close the door. And then the husband re- responded by saying, close the door. And then the wife once again says, yeah, close the door. And then the husband responds, yes, close the door. And then they just keep on telling one another to close the door. And in the end, who closes the door? The door. No one closes the door. Similarly, sometimes when the worship leader, for example, says, yeah, praise the Lord, and then, then we respond, yeah, praise the Lord. And then the worship leader once again says, yeah, praise the Lord. And then they just throw, each, uh, throw that statement one to another and uh, as if it's a, it's a, you know, a, 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 uh, an expression that we, we just throw out anytime we want to. And in the end, who praises the Lord? No one. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? We, we have to understand that this expression is a command. It is a command to the congregation. That as a worship leader, as the psalmist would say, praise the Lord. It is, he, he, the, the, whoever wrote the psalm is giving the readers, the congregation, an instruction to praise the Lord. And so our response, re- response should be what? Yeah. I'm already being given an instruction here to praise the Lord. What am I going to do? Pause and think. Is there a reason today for me to praise the Lord? And then do exactly just that. Praise the Lord. Pause. Are there things that I can praise God for? And praise the Lord for that. It doesn't have to be uh, a, 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 a something complicated. It has, doesn't have to be something grand. The very fact that you are able to come here and other people are not able to come here is something that we, we need to pra- uh, pra- praise God for. The very fact that you are still breathing today huh, is something to praise God for. We can praise God even for the little things in, in our life. Let's not take those things for granted. <laughs> So, sometimes when, when we have those little things in our life, and you know, uh, we, we only realize the value of that when, when they're gone. You know? Don't th- take those little things for granted. Praise God even for the little things that, that, that we have in our life. You know? Secondly, aside from uh, the, the question, who praises the, the Lord, that psalm also answers the question, when are we to praise the Lord. Let's look at uh, verses two and three. The next two verses tells us when. It says, Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Verses two and three answers the question, when are we to praise the Lord? When are we going to do that? We have to do it continuously. From this time forth and forevermore, that's when we need to praise the Lord. From the rising of the sun to its setting, that's the time when we are to praise the Lord. Now, of course, uh, one of the questions that perhaps you would be asking is that, well, what, am I, what else am I going to do <laughs> if all day long I'm, I'm just doing that? Uh, am I allowed to even do other things in, in, in life? Yeah. We, we we are allowed to do other things in our life, but what does it mean when when the psalmist say that we have to praise the Lord unceasingly, or we have to, to praise the Lord continuously? Now it has, there is similarity between this command and uh, the, the, the the things that Paul wrote. For for instance, let's say for example in Second Timothy chapter four verse two, when Paul says, "Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season." It doesn't mean that you know all day long, that's the only thing that you're doing, right? We have scheduled, uh, we we can schedule a time when we we go out to preach the gospel. Yet at the same time, what do we do? Whenever opportunity arises, whenever we have that opportunity, even if we are not prepared, (laughs) even if we are not ready, he said, yeah, no, even if you're not, be ready. (laughs) Even if you're not prepared, you know, uh, do it as if you are prepared. Be ready in season and, and, and out of season. What that means is that whenever opportunity arises, we preach the Word, we share the Gospel, we, 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 we do it. And, and that's how we do it continuously. We, that, that's how we do it uh, unceasingly. Likewise, when, when Paul says in First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, that we need to pray unceasingly, it doesn't mean that, that all day long, you are, you know, uh, all you have in your schedule is prayer meeting the whole day. No, that, that's, that's not what it meant. Well, What it means is that we carry with us an attitude of being prayerful, that whenever whenever we have the opportunity, whether it is scheduled or unscheduled, somehow it is that awareness, it is that consciousness that God is with us wherever we go, whatever we do, that even though we are, should we say, unprepared that uh, it is not the scheduled time to pray, that somehow with our consciousness, with our awareness that God is with us wherever we go, we can still pray, even short prayers that knowing that God is with us regardless of what we are doing. And I think the same thing can be said about Psalm 113. When the Psalmist says, from this time forth and forevermore, or when he said that we have to praise the Lord from the rising of the sun to its setting, it simply means that, yeah, there are maybe times that is scheduled for us to praise the Lord. But we can also do that even if it is unscheduled, even if we are, you know, it is not planned. Whenever we hear some good news, for example, yeah, it's time to pause and say, yeah, we can praise the Lord for that. Why don't we uh, pause for a maybe one or two sentence prayer and say, God, thank you for the, Lord, uh, for, for the things that you, you, you have been doing in, in the life of this person. We may not be prepared for that. That may not be part of our schedule. But that is what it me- means when we say we have to praise the Lord unceasingly, continuously. Whether you are ready or not, that is what we, we, uh, we, we, we do. Now, it, it is also important for us to remember you know, that praising God is more than just verbalizing it. Sometimes we praise God by saying, yeah, Lord, I praise you for this and that. But of course, we, we already know, you know that uh, one of the most important things about praising the Lord is how we live our life. That is why, if you notice Psalm 113, the first three verses, do you know that uh, there there are? Do you notice the the repeated uh, words in those three verses? Verse one it says, "Praise the name of the Lord." Verse two, "Blessed be what the name of the Lord," and then verse three says. The name of the Lord is to be praised, right? Whenever we think about praising God continuously, we have to think not just about how to ber- verbalize our praises to Him, but we have to think that in our lives, what does it mean? Uh, what, 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 what would be the implication of the things that we are doing and how would it will affect the name of the Lord? Remember that we as Christians, we carry God's name with us wherever we go, right? Whatever we do can either bring God honor or dishonor. (laughs) Keep that in mind, right? If we do something that is good, we bring honor to the name of the Lord. When people say, yeah, these are Christians, these are followers uh, uh, of the Lord. Whenever we do good, we bring honor to Him, and whenever we do something that that is not good, what do we do with the name of the Lord? We dishonor it. And that is why I I, I said that that praising God is more than just verbalizing it and, and saying, oh, I praise you, God, for this and that. No, it has to be seen even in our lives, right? Because our lives but by living a life that is pleasing to God, that is how we praise the Lord. No wonder the Lord uh, rebuked the Israelites, you know, through the prophet Isaiah, uh, um, but by saying that m- many of them honor God with their lips, but their hearts are far away. Even the Apostle Paul, right? The Apostle Paul uh, talks about worship, n- not just in the sense of, you know, going to... Uh, 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 meetings or, 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 or gathering to, to collectively uh, worship and, and praise Him. No, no. The Apostle Paul said, what is true worship? You look at our lives, what we do. Why? Because whatever we do, whether good or bad, it is something that will affect the name of the Lord. We can either bring God honor by what we do, or we can bring God dishonor by what we do. And that is how we, uh, we, we, we honor the Lord. Bla- praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord and we can do it with our lives. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We don't just verbalize it. We live it. The name of the Lord is to be praised. Why? Because as people see the life, uh, our life, when it is pleasing uh, to, 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 to God, then the name of the Lord will be praised. So, We've looked at who should praise God. We've looked at when to praise God. Let's look at the final um, uh, point, why we need to praise God. Verses 4 and following tells us uh, several reasons why we we need to praise Him. Verse 4, it says, The Lord is high above all nations and His glory above the heavens. Uh, Next slide, please. Verse 5, who is like the Lord our God who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? You know, the fact that the Lord is over all nations is already reason enough for us to worship and praise Him. Well, because His Lordship does not depend on whether people recognize His Lordship or not. Let, let me repeat that. His Lordship does not depend on whether we recognize His Lordship or not. That is why, remember when, uh, one statement that we fi- find in, in, in the New Testament, geez, uh, we, we are told that if we are not going to praise God, God can call the stones to praise Him, right? <laughs> we, we don't need to recognize Him as Lord in order for Him to be Lord. He is Lord, period. That's it. It's our loss if we don't recognize his Lordship. You know, have you, have you ever heard of that statement, a, a person is a leader only when there are people following Him? Yeah? Uh, have you ever heard of that statement? A leader is a leader only because there are people following Him. Yeah, that may be true of humans. You can't say that of God. <laughs> you cannot say that of God. He is Lord, period. You don't want to recognize His Lordship. It's your, it's your choice. <laughs> But He is still Lord. You don't want to recognize Him as, as God. It's your choice. But He is God, period. Our response does not make Him Lord or, or, or does, does not increase His uh, y- 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 level of His Lordship. No, no, no. Uh, it, it, it will not affect His level of Lordship. Not at all. He is Lord, period. And whether we acknowledge that or not, that is our choice. You know? But of course, we have to be ready to face the consequences if we don't. <laughs> he is Lord. And the only right response for us is to acknowledge that He is. And therefore, if we acknowledge Him as Lord, then we, we, we have to worship Him. But verse 4, if we, uh, if we look at verse 4 once again, uh, can, can we check uh, the next slide? I mean, the next slide. We, we are told that He is Lord over all nations, right? Whether people acknowledge him as lord or not, he is. He just is. Well, the thing is because he is, he is lord over all the earth. The only right response for us is to acknowledge his lordship and therefore we have to acknowledge that he is worthy of our praise. But just look at the picture that is being painted here. Uh, we, we are told that he is high above the heavens and he looks down on creation. That, that, somehow, that, that picture somehow gives us the impression that he you know is high up there and, and that he is seems to be unconcerned with us down here, no? That he is an aloof God, that, that somehow we, we, we cannot have some connection with him. That is what we are told in verses three, uh, verse four to six. However, Verses 7 to 9 provides us with another perspective on, on how we can look at uh, our guard. Can we check the, the next uh, few verses? It says, verse 7 says, He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from ash heap to make them sit with princes and with, princess, with, with the princes of his people. Verse 9, He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. God is Lord, He is high up there, He is Lord over all nations. And therefore, our our response should be to worship that, you know, a mighty God who is separated from us, who is distinct from us, but we have to remember also that He may be distinct, He may be high up there, but He's not just high up there. He is here with us as well. And that is why He's able to do things for people who are just just like what He said. He's able to do something for the poor. He's able to do something for for the barren. Because our God is not just someone who is up there, uh, inaccessible, uh, unreachable. But our God is also present with us and that He's working among us. He's doing something for you and me. And that is why He is even more uh, worthy uh, of our of our praise, now, if you look at the the, uh, the 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 people that are mentioned here, he talks about the poor and the barren he specifies two kinds of people as he uh, as he closes this psalm actually, the line in verses seven to eight echoes uh, another song uh, in first Samuel chapter two, verse eight. do you remember when Hannah was uh, before she became pregnant with uh, samuel she she was uh, being ostracized for being barren. She was uh, looked down by, by, by people because of, because of her barrenness. And when she learned that she uh, she would be a mother of a child, he, she praised the Lord also. And in that line, um, uh, Psalm 113, verse 7, he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy. It's also something that we can see from, uh, from the song of Hannah, right? Perhaps that is also the reason why uh, the, the, the songwriter here in uh, Psalm 113 talks about ba- barrenness also, that as a barren woman, as people who are uh, going to praise the Lord, because a statement that comes from the song of Hannah and the condition of Hannah when, when, he, when she uh, praises God. Now, think about this. The Psalmist mentions about the poor and the barren. What do they have in common? What do you think? Uh, uh, sorry, I, I, again. The, the the teacher in me wanted to uh, people to recite what's what's the similarity between the poor and the barren yeah something is lacking apparently right? something is lacking with with them but that's the concept now remember in the Old Testament you know, um, when when the Lord lists some consequences for sins right? Two of those consequences for sins is what? Poverty and barrenness. Of course, that the Lord lists in, in, in the book of Leviticus, we can see several uh, 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 items in the list of consequences you know, uh, of sins. Poverty and barrenness are two of those things that, uh, that the Lord lists as consequences of sin. No wonder ancient people, whenever they see poor, the, the poor, the first thing that will, will, will come to their mind is what? Ah, this could be a consequence of their sin. Whenever they see a woman who, who's uh, uh, barren, the, the first thing that, that would come to their mind is what? Ah, this could be a uh, consequence of their sin. But remember, in fact, it, it, we, we see stories of that even in the gospel. When, when the disciples and Jesus uh, saw a blind man, the first thing that the, the disciples uh, think about is what? Oh. This could be a consequence of their sin. Who sinned? Him or uh, his parents? Because they would be thinking, uh, this could be a consequence of uh, th- their sin. That is why also when, when, uh, when Jesus talks with a rich young, uh, young, young man, and uh, Jesus responded by saying, it is easier for the camel to go through the eye of the needle for, than for the rich man to, to enter the kingdom of God. Then the disciples responded, now, if, if it is impossible for him, the rich man, uh, what about us, the poor man? The, the rich man is already blessed by God. He, he, he already shows some, you know, in, uh, there, there are already evidences in his life that God is with him. What about us who are not like him? So uh, how much more us? What, what can happen to us? Why? Because they, they have this idea that wealth, fruitfulness, These are all signs of God's blessings and, you know, God's favor rests on on you and therefore you're good uh, with with God. You don't have those things, uh, there may be some sin in your life. And because of that, how are they treated in the society? People look down on them. People look down on them. People ostracize them. "Ah, There must be something wrong with this person. That is why he's poor. There must be something wrong with this person. That is why she's barren. There must be something wrong with th- th- this person and, and, and so on, right? But of course, the scripture repeatedly tells us that it is not the case all the time. Diba? Some people may be poor, not because of their sin, but maybe it's because of the sin of other people. Do You understand what I'm saying? Some people may be barren, but not because of the sin of that uh, of that woman, maybe because of other uh, uh, other factors that uh, the, the person is not able to uh, to, to give birth to, to a child, but the thing is somehow because of that mentality, the poor, the barren, they are what they are being ostracized in the society, they are looked down by people, but this is one of those psalms that tells us eh hey, that 's not the case all the time in fact. God's favor rest on these people. Why? Because the Lord is going to do something for them. He's going to let the, 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 the poor be, uh, be seated with princes. He's going to uh, do, do something in the life of the barren woman so that she, she too uh, can, can praise the Lord. The work of God in the lives of those people who are ostracized in the society, the work of God in the lives of those people who may be looked down by other people. These are some of the things that we can praise the Lord for. And this is what Psalm 113 is telling us. There may be something in our lives that somehow we we, we feel, you know, that, you know, um, God's work is not so much evident in me because I lack this, I lack that. I I do not have this, or I do not have that. Yeah, it would be good uh, once in a while to, to ask the Lord, is this a consequence of my wrongdoing? I, I think that would be a good practice also. But that's not the case all the time. That even though sometimes we may lack in, in certain areas of our life, the Lord can still work in us. that The Lord still cares for us. The Lord still loves us. And therefore, because the Lord cares for us, He is worthy of our praise. The psalm, this psalm, Psalm 113 tells us three things, who should praise God, we should praise the Lord. And when are we supposed to praise God? We have to praise Him continuously. And why should we praise God? Because the Lord is doing something in our midst. And therefore, there are, because of what the Lord is doing, we can praise God for the things that He's doing, whether in our lives directly. It or even in the lives of other people who are with us. Why don't we pray? Father, we wanted to thank you because you are our God. You are the God who give us life. You are the God who works in us. You are the God who honors us, even though we don't deserve it. Father, we wanted to thank you for the work that you are doing in and through us. And because of that, we wanted to give you praise. And as we leave this place later, may you continue to help us so that whatever we do will really bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.